Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here's your host, Marina Maria. Declare the scripture, Zechariah 2.5, over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Genevieve Skidmore, and she's the executive director of the Naomi House in Joseph, Arizona. Thank you so much for being here today, Genevieve, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about your testimony and how God led you to the Naomi house. Amen. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I know you wanted to play a video that provides statistics about the children that you accept in the Naomi house. So um, when you're ready. emergency shelter contracted with the Navajo Nation located in northern Arizona we are serving Native American children in need Naomi has a heart to extend our mission into the South Dakota region home of the Great Sioux Nation to serve the Lakota families children and community founded in 1993 Naomi house has had the privilege of extending the love of Jesus Christ to hundreds of God's precious children our largest scale dream is that each of these children be reunified with their biological families in a safe and loving environment. Until then, Naomi House and its incredible staff, donors, and countless volunteers serve on the front lines around the clock. Beneath the resilience and beauty of childhood lies extreme peril and often unspeakable trauma. We believe it is important to shed light to the best of our ability to the realities of growing up indigenous in America today. So much brokenness, so much darkness, so much pain, hurt, and injustice. We have a responsibility to give them a voice. If we don't speak up for them, who will? If we don't give them hope, who will? Native American children suffer from abuse at one of the most alarming rates in our country. Child sexual abuse in Native America is both epidemic and holocaustic. 90% of the children that come to live at Naomi House are the victims of child molestation or rape. Recently, we had a 13-year-old girl who came to Naomi House with her three-month-old daughter, fathered by stepdad. There is an entire generation of mothers and fathers who have been war-torn by generational cycles of bondage, defeat, and historical trauma. It is the children who are in constant jeopardy at the hands of alcoholism, domestic violence, and parental incarceration. Because of the epidemic of a drug called meth, the death and murder rates are inconceivable. We have had multiple children come to us after the murder of their siblings by their own parents, family members, or domestic partners. 
A place like Naomi House is actually needed on or near most reservations in America. In fact, tonight, there is a child in need of a safe place that will have nowhere to go. Wow, that was very informational, Genevieve. A lot of the statistics, or let's just say the statistics of 90% of the children that you accept into um, the Naomi house have been either molested or raped. Yeah, that's correct. So the uh, they're all have been either abandoned or abused or neglected. It's almost always due to alcoholism or directly related to meth and drug use. Wow. Now, I was reading your website and read about the vision of the Naomi house. And we can go back and talk about also the, the statistics that we just heard, too. Um, but I was really amazed to read how God clearly led you there after you left South Dakota. Would you please share your testimony about your life-changing encounter with God? Yeah. Yeah. So I was raised in the church. I'm from South Dakota. Um, I'm enrolled member of the Lakota Sioux tribe in um, Pine Ridge in South Dakota on my mother's side. Um, I was raised in the church. Uh, It was what I consider very um, like a religious kind of dry and lifeless um, experience for me. I was very rebellious. I really didn't want to have much to do with God or anything to do with church, but I had a very strong praying mother and my mom prayed really hard for me and my sisters. Um, And we went way out in the wrong direction. Um, All of the statistics that you either maybe know about Native Americans is my own personal testimony. Um, Every bit of the drugs, the alcohol, domestic violence, teen pregnancy, um, you name it. I, I, there's, I mean, just the darkness is my own testimony. That's where I was drawn to. I was very um, hurt, very wounded, very far from God. Um, I really had a sense of real worthlessness, like God could never love me. God could never use me. Um, I I just had a real addictive personality, angry, all of it. You know, my dad was an alcoholic, and um, it was just um, those choices that I was drawn to. I was really drawn to rebellion and the darkness. And my mom, she she prayed really hard for us, but I had to go through a, a whole lot in my life. I, um, you know, like I said, I was pregnant when I was 16 with my first child. Um, I had another child as a product of being um, raped when I was 19 that I ended up giving up for adoption when I was 19. Um, I knew I couldn't take the child um, home with me. Uh, I already couldn't raise my own son. I was already um, an alcoholic and an addict by the time I was 19. Um, I knew that there was nothing I could do for this child, and I ended up going to a Christian adoption agency and went through the whole process. Um, But I was 19, completely broken, completely um, alone, completely felt worthless, um, and in a lot of strongholds and darkness. Um, When I was 20, I, I continued to drink really heavily, and I was just lost. Um, because of a domestic violent relationship and, and all kinds of yuck stuff in South Dakota. Um, I literally fled from South Dakota for my life, basically with my uh, five-year-old. We picked a place. Um, it's an interesting testimony. We picked a place on the map, basically me and some friends, we just happened to pick, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. 
And um, my dad was going to a rehab center in Phoenix. That might have been part of why we came to Phoenix. My mom was going to college on the reservation, and I had no family. I had nothing. And I um, picked up my son, moved to the middle of Phoenix. And I was living here um, for a while in the middle of the city, you know, with my baby, all alone, just completely uh, alone. Um, I called my baby sister who was living in Maryland for, at the time. I mean, that's just wild, but she was living in Maryland. And I said, you have to move to Phoenix basically, or I'm going to be on the street. <laughs> and so my baby sister drove her little five speed Hyundai accent all the way from Maryland, all the way down to Phoenix so that she could help me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we were both addicts. We were both just, um, had no point in life, no purpose, no hope, n- nothing. Uh, we both lived that way for a little while while here in Phoenix. And one day she called me and she said, um, you know, you, she, we were very young. And she goes, I met this guy and I want you to meet him. And I said, well, what's he do? And she goes, um, he's a youth pastor. I'm like, what? Like, okay, <laughs> you know, whatever floats your boat, really. That's, that's, I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't get it. And she goes, well, you have to come to church with me because I want you to meet him. You have to come to church with me. And I thought, well, if she can move all the way from Maryland to Phoenix to help me, I could at least go to church with her on Sunday morning. So next thing you know, that's the only reason why we pulled up into this uh, little church, um, little kind of ghetto church um, on that Sunday morning. And we came up into the parking lot and I'm just honestly, there's no other way to describe it, but it was like God himself was had come down into the parking lot the power of god the spirit of god the anointing of god now i know what that is but then i didn't know i just knew something was overtaking my flesh it was overtaking my um my it was overtaking me on the parking lot a power that i cannot explain brought a conviction that i did not understand i was weeping in the parking lot and they had all these people you know shaking your hand praise the lord thank you jesus hallelujah Mm -hmm. and i was probably even like hung over like i i'm thinking what is going on this was messing me up and they just kept shaking your hand and and the closer i got to the front door it was this black gospel choir was just singing out into the parking lot and i don't know if you know how it feels to go to church for the first time in a long time but i knew i didn't belong in the presence of god and the presence was so strong it was i mean my demons were screaming in the parking lot this is how powerful that the presence of god in the parking lot and they i get into the church doors and they're still shaking your hand and like seating you like you couldn't sit wherever you wanted to or i would have sat in the way back but they sat me all the way they just pushed me up to the very front and i'm sitting next to all these mamas praying in the holy ghost these black ladies praying in the holy ghost and i knew it was going down today was the day of salvation not tomorrow it was going down and i was scared i was looking for exits i was i was i didn't know what was going on i didn't understand this love and this power that was overpowering me and this young preacher got up and he started preaching out of that same Bible that my mom used to stay up all night crying and praying for me, you know, when I wasn't coming home at night and I would come home and she would be crying and reading her Bible and praying. And I thought, there's no life, you know, there's no power in that book. There's no power in God. What is she still crying about, you know? But this preacher got up and preached out of the same Bible that my mom had been looking at you know my whole life and i said if that is really who jesus is if that if he really is alive 
if that is really he really can forgive if that's really him i need him and they did an altar call and they said if you want to ask jesus in your heart and i'm like shooing everybody out of my way like excuse me excuse me i need jesus if that's really who he is i need that and i started you know basically running because it was like running to the altar yes it was like saul on the road to damascus literally like the scales came off of my eyes and all of a sudden light was flooding all my soul and i just knew that that he was real he came alive and I'm getting out, you know, saying, I need Jesus. I look back, my sister's still sitting there crying. I'm like, we're going to go get saved now. And she's like, excuse me, excuse me, we need Jesus. And I asked Jesus in my heart. And then they asked me if I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm so glad that nobody said I couldn't be filled with the Holy Ghost because I was gloriously filled with the Spirit of God in that same moment. Right after I asked Jesus in my heart, he flooded me with the Holy Spirit and empowered me. And instantly it was like he power punched me with purpose in one moment. That is beautifully said. Power punched you. I'm telling you, girl. I mean, power punched me with purpose. It was like I had an immediate revelation that I literally was forgiven. Number one, that I mean, I I knew I was forgiven. Like it wasn't just uh, something somebody was preaching at me or saying. It was like God Himself washed my sin as far as the east is from the west, and then punched me with power and purpose, and said, "I have." a destiny for you i have a purpose for you i have a call on your life i know you've messed it all up way beyond recognition but i'm about to use you you. amen and i knew it i knew that god had called me i knew that he had saved me i knew that i was forgiven and i knew he was real and i didn't know that up until that day and in a moment's time he delivered me supernaturally of drugs he delivered me supernaturally of alcohol in other words we serve a god that still delivers still sets free still forgives still heals and i was immediately i knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that i had a purpose that he was going to use me and i knew for sure it was native american ministry for sure i wanted to go straight back to south dakota and tell everybody oh my gosh jesus is real believe that or not I'm like, he's real and i i knew that i was called to native american ministry how did you know that um because that's where all my the damage had been done was in native american way of life of just the drugs the alcohol the mm-hmm. statistics that that was my t- that's who that's where i came from mm-hmm. and so i knew i needed to go back right mm-hmm. back and say that he's actually real you, mm-hmm. you're not gonna believe this he's real and he can set you free because mm-hmm. if he did it for me mm-hmm. i know that he could he do, do it for you and i knew that i had purpose i enrolled in the little you know lay person bible school for two years because that god had so much work to do in my soul my soul was wounded it was it was tore up and so i said okay i'm gonna go to two years of bible school and then tell me what you want from me and two years after uh bible school on that last day i googled native american ministry in arizona and naomi house came up and naomi house native american outreach ministries incorporated is a, an emergency in your first shelter. google search my first that google search that's the that's what came up you know, and I didn't know anything about Arizona when I came. I was so young. You know, I didn't know anything about Navajo people. I didn't know anything besides Lakota Sioux. That's mm-hmm. I thought that was the only Indians that there were because, I mean, I was a baby. Yeah. And Naomi House came up. And so I, I left 
the valley and I went past Flagstaff all the way out to the reservation um, by Joseph City. And I pulled into that place and I met Linda Thompson, who is the founder. She founded this um, emergency shelter in two, in 93. And I just sat across her desk. I said, I, you know, I don't know why I'm here, but, um, you know, I told her my testimony. I told her where I came from, you know, because in my heart, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not called to children's ministry. I, you know, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and so she goes, well, maybe God just sent you here so I could tell you, go, go to South Dakota. Tell the people, you know, that Jesus is alive. And she was very, very faith person. I mean, she was I call her kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like you got to be kind of crazy to do what what she did. She founded this ministry. And I said, yeah, maybe that's it. You know, I'll just clean something and go back to Phoenix, you know. And the next morning, because um, back when Linda had started it, she had 11 kids. It was her, 11 kids, and Jesus. That's it. She didn't have any staff. She didn't have any help. It was just her and 11 children. And then on that Sunday morning, she took me out to the reservation to go to church. And me and her and 11 kids. And she looked at me, and she goes, I had a dream about you last night. And, you know, I knew her for like 24 hours. And I thought, oh, gosh, she's crazy. And, and she, then she had a dream about you. Yeah, she had a dream about me. And she told me the dream. And then she goes, I think God has called you to uh, move here and learn how to run this ministry so that you could take it to South Dakota one day. And I thought, oh, gosh, wow. you know, I don't want her to be right. I want to go back to Phoenix where there's Starbucks on every corner <laughs> and my church is legit. Right. And so I knew she was right. I go back to Phoenix. I had a job that I did not deserve. God had blessed me with a job and blessed me with this church. And everything shut down within four months. And I took my nine year old and we moved to the mission field. And I said, God, I'm going to give you one year. And I was so proud of myself. I thought, ooh, he hit the jackpot because I'm going to give him a whole year, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, literally year after year, I told God, one more year, one more year. Ultimately, I ended up marrying my husband, who's um, half Navajo, half Apache. And he has a very powerful testimony himself that, you know, his dad was alcoholic also. And his mom prayed hard also, you know, kind of like me. And, you know, so every year, you know, I was like, okay, just one more year, one more year. And I thought, you know, if I serve really with excellence here, God's going to, you know, release me to go do something that I feel that I'm supposed to do. I didn't realize if I serve with excellence that in 2014, they would ask me to just take over the ministry while she retired. And with tears running down my face, I said, I'll do it for one year. And that was, you know, five years ago. And it was in that year that my grandmother left me 600 acres of tribal land in south dakota to start that that same year that same year to start a naomi house for the children in south dakota my 90 year old grandma and i ended up in a tribal council meeting i didn't know that's what we were doing she i don't think she knew and the tribe uh unanimously voted for us as a christian ministry to come and you know i could do it anyways because it's my land but we definitely wanted their blessing yeah and they uh, gave it to us and they said come and uh, we have the land, we have, you know, uh, the blessing to be there. And, and I mean, it's just literally it's been front row miracles um, after mm-hmm. stepping out in faith like that and just saying, you know, <laughs> if you can use me, go ahead, God, mm-hmm. because my life is yours. I don't care where I go or what I do. And he knew that was true, you know, because mm-hmm. he had saved me out of nothing. I mean, he just ripped through all of hell and darkness and yanked me up out and he said, I'm going to use you. And I said, go ahead. I, I'm all yours, whatever you can do. And Amen. so 
it's been a journey. Let me tell you, because um, working at at the Naomi house with um, with kids and with the things that they're coming out of. I mean, this is front lines. It's spiritual warfare. It's intense. It's not a walk in the park. It's dying to your flesh, dying to yourself every day for, you know, for which is what the church is supposed to do. I mean, that's what Paul says. I die daily. But I don't think the church has much of a um, grasp on that. Not not the whole church, but, you know, Christians, it feels like, you know, today it's like kind of the one foot in and one foot out. And I feel like that's why we've lost the power of God in church. Like we go through the motions, we have, we have our checkbox, you know, but where is the power? Where's the fire? Where's the, where's the transformation, you know? And so I'm passionate about that. And so what happened was when I went out there, um, I ended up going to a little Navajo church, a little Navajo, um, church over there um, near where the the ministry is and the pastor there asked me to preach and I would have never known that God had called me to preach if I didn't step out and just obey him and move out there to work with children you know but I ended up started preaching and um, the pastor there was a spiritual father to me you know my father he have been adopted right um, and then he ended up passing away pretty suddenly. Um, it's been already two, three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still are very involved in our little church where we are very passionate about raising up this generation of just to see a move of God. Mm-hmm. I personally strongly feel that it, when Native Americans step into their strategic call in the body of Christ, we're going to see a revival in America that's going to hit the rest of this country. Yes. And... I really feel like I'm on the front lines of that just with with the church but also raising up this generation. And so yes. it's 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 awesome but it's a lot. You know, it's a lot. It's but it's awesome. And the kids are beautiful and they're absolutely amazing. Now I know you you can relate to the pain right. that they have You know, gone and I can through, relate right? to their parents. And, and so parents, all of their yeah. parents, that entire generation has been taken out. That mm-hmm. whole generation's checked out um on drugs, on alcohol, everything where I should still be to this day. So I'm just convinced that since he set me free, somebody's I'm about to take a whole generation with me. Absolutely. And leaving a spiritual legacy behind in their lives. Yeah. That they could carry on to the next generation. You know, and what Linda started was really pretty amazing, what she has started. But God has just continued to bless it and continued to grow it. And now we have 27 uh, children, 365 days a year. And, you know, there's never an open bed. We probably turn away about four kids a month. But we have... Eight. And are you looking to expand? Yeah, so, well, we have eight full-time, and we call them staff, but really they're modern-day for real missionaries. Like, they, they basically, I'm not saying they're just volunteers, but right. you know what I mean? Like, they're amazing. Um, yeah, God has called them to do this work. That's it. It's that, ministry. That's all. I, and, you know, I'm convinced that there's a lot of people out there that are probably <laughs> called to do what we're doing. They just don't know we're there. <laughs> And so that's why I'm excited to just, we really feel a burden to raise awareness in this season, Mm -hmm. um, to go to every open door and every voice available to let the world know that we even exist and that, you know, God wants to use them in these kind of ways in South Dakota, in Arizona. But like I said, in that video, um, really 
a safe place for kids is needed on every reservation across America. And so one of the Navajo um, apostles that is on our board of directors, um, he goes all over the place. He's Navajo, but he lives in Utah. And he th- he really believes it's like a model for other reservations, you know, because it's so desperately needed. And again, it is a call of God. Like nobody just would say, this is maybe what I want to do with my, because it's hard. It's mm-hmm. really, really hard. But if you have that call, if you have that in your guts, you know, and you just mm-hmm. know it and you can't shake it, then you might want to come visit and check it out and see what, what you think. Um, yeah. And what's coming to mind too, is that there's people out there that they think they're not qualified to do this, but mm. God qualifies the unqualified. Hello. And even <laughs> if you me. think like yourself that you can't do it, I mean, look what he's, he's qualified you. And Absolutely. there's so many other people that God can qualify to do this work. Yeah. I know that they're out there and we Our just need ministry. To, <laughs> right. Say. Yeah. I know they're out there and we just need to raise that, that awareness. You know, we went to Denver this year and that's a very highly populated native American city, but the church that we were at literally had absolutely no radar for native Americans or kids. And honestly, that shocked me. And I was, as I was talking to the pastor, I said, honestly, what we really probably need is a national campaign of awareness for native American children. Um, and that's something that we're just, you know, praying into yes. and we're just stepping in, taking one step at a time and yes. God is opening the eyes of yeah. people. And, um, one of the things that I always am, am prayerful about is God, how do I be that voice? Because historically we've just kind of put everything under the rug, but how do we take it out from underneath the rug? Tell it like it is the, the atrocities, the tragedies, the, the realities, but still preserve the integrity of the people mm-hmm. because the Navajo people are the, the most beautiful people you'll ever meet. And so are the Lakota. And so are all the different nations, the first nations mm-hmm. people. Um, so I'm still struggling with that. How do I do it? Well, you know, because, um, the P I think that America can learn a lot from native Americans. Um, but at the same time, we have to, um, take the head off of what's really going on in some of the, the, um, backyard of America, really. Amen. That is so true. And what is the mission for the Naomi house so that we know what's the mission? provide a safe and loving home for native American children in need. That's what we do. And it's definitely a family. So Linda never wanted it to be an institution or um, a dorm or mm-hmm. uh, anything like that. So it's it very much is is like a family, which I think shocks our culture, because mm-hmm. when they when they see that, they mm-hmm. love that. But on the other side, you know, it's not it's not cookie cutter. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It's tough ministry. It's tough work. It's one big family and we work it out and we do what we have to do. And it's not easy, but man, it's powerful. I mean, anybody that comes there, they, they always are going to be changed. Now you said there's challenges. What kind of ta- challenges are you talking about? Cause you said you try to work it out and, um, well, working as a community, Okay. you know, so you have about three different families living and working in the same compound basically this for the same you know and everybody is different so just those normal challenges of that but then you know anytime you have one or two kids it's hard but 27 it's constant it's just constant in fact just yesterday we had to turn away a four-month-old baby because i just had to let them know i don't think that the house mom right now can give that baby what she needs when there's 
15 in the home right now that, you know, have normal daily needs. Right. We have a full-time cook. His name is Robert and he is amazing. He's like a grandpa to everybody. And he's been there for about, I don't know, I hope I'm not wrong, but five years probably, which in missionary years is like a hundred years, you know, <laughs> we say in dog years and Hollywood years, yeah. they, like it's like adds up. Um, and then we have a set of house parents that have our long-term foster home. So mm-hmm. all the kids, 11 kids in that house will all age out. Um, they, they'll just be with us till they're 18. And then we have a, a mom in the emergency shelter, which is 12 beds. And then she has two kids and then there's two full-time, um, childcare workers with her. And then there's me and my husband. So, and what are the ages of these children? Um, we take newborn to 12, um, for the most part, we can take a little bit older when we need to, but for the most part, it's newborn to 12 right now. Almost all our kids are elementary age, you know, um, five to 12. Now, when they leave the Naomi house, where do they go? So it's different for everybody. Um, if there's a child that's beyond our capability to help, which every once in a while there is, they'll go to like a treatment center or a, um, therapeutic home and they'll have to come all the way to phoenix or other places um some are reunited and and there's just the reality is so harsh so we had a five-year-old a two-year-old and a one-year-old boys all brothers and they stayed with us for probably a year and they got to be reunited with their mom which is always the goal and everybody was happy even though you're sad because you know you you bond and then you go they Mm -hmm. bond and go bond and go that's just how it is Mm -hmm. and so they left and then about a week later and this is a sad story just to Mm -hmm. to brace yourself um the social worker ended up having to bring them back um because of whatever reason and we actually had the bed still which was a shock so she brought them back but the two-year-old had been murdered over the weekend And so um, reunifying is always the goal. And especially with Indian Child Welfare Act, um, ICWA is a legal uh, since 1978 instituted so that kids would always be reunified. And that's definitely a catch 22. It works when it works and it doesn't when it doesn't, you know, like at any at any cost, kids can be reunified, which I get it. I mean, definitely you want to preserve your culture and your family and and all of that. But the reality of that on in real time um, can be really different than, you know, just reading a book. Right. Now, what are the statistics of the children being returned to their biological parents um, or family, biological family? Family. I would say biological okay. family because okay. then there's grandmas and there is extended okay. family that they always um, are looking to. So, you is know, half, half probably it? age out. That's okay. high. Okay. So half will never go back home because there's nowhere for them to go. They've exhausted every avenue. You know, we're wow. we're licensed with the tribe and not the state. Okay, right? that's interesting. That to is know interesting too. to know because Navajo Nation is a sovereign nation, and so mm-hmm. they have their own legal system, their mm-hmm. own social services, their own everything. So it's the Navajo Nation that is removing the children from their home and then it's there are the ones that are doing a case plan that are trying to figure out how to reunify so all we are is just the roof over their head and the food and 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 whatnot but uh, so we just are there when needed and mm-hmm. then when they don't need us anymore they'll come take them you know mm-hmm. um so that's all on them you know um so half of them go back and half mm-hmm. of them don't yeah wow yeah i mean yeah, so we had to basically use our second house just for kids that won't go back. 
and there's at least you know half of our kids are gonna be aging out wow this is marina maria from faith city outreach and i am talking with today's special guest genevieve skidmore she's the executive uh, director of the naomi house in joseph city arizona the Naomi House is a nonprofit mission home dedicated to providing a safe and a loving home for Native American children. Now, I'm curious to know, what are the daily activities for the Native American children, Genevieve, there at the uh, Naomi House? Yeah, so the school year, um, all of our kids go to a public school, which is about five miles away in Joseph City, which is a really good school. The bus comes and picks them up in the morning and drops them off at night. Um, And then as soon as they get home, it's homework, playing outside, eating dinner, doing chores, playing outside, having devotions, taking a shower, going to bed. That's that's the school week. So it's a routine. Oh, it is extremely um, scheduled. It's Mm -hmm. very routine. And so the children know exactly what to expect. Um, They know exactly what time we eat. We all eat dinner together in a big uh, multi-purpose room, about a 5,000 square foot building that that we all eat dinner together. Um, Then they eat lunch at school, you know, and then the weekends is a lot of cleaning and then um, uh, playing outside. And then, of course, we'll go to the movies or we'll go hiking or we'll go do fun stuff as well. But the summer, which is only two months, June and July, is completely booked from people that come all over from everywhere to come. I was going to ask you if you have visitors. All summer is... um, And where do they come from? Oh, everywhere. I mean, in America, but everywhere in the U.S. They're coming from, you know, Kentucky, California, Utah, you name it, just from... And they're church groups, usually. Um, So there's... Some groups are 40 people. Some groups are 20. We've had 60 people. Some groups are a family. Some are just a visitor. Like, you... Just everything. Um, And then whole families will come and just to get a and people are shocked that people live this way to uh, you know today you know Mm -hmm. because it's just it's it's counterculture it's you Mm -hmm. know it's it's just real missions um Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of vbs that goes on all summer long so lots of singing lots of uh teaching about jesus lots of prayer lots of um wonderful just people that aren't tired mm-hmm. <laughs> that come and love them for us it's mm-hmm. really pretty awesome but probably give you a little break there. exactly <laughs> and so robert doesn't have to cook for two whole months basically mm-hmm. because they'll come and they cook for their group plus ours and oh, we're about nice. 30 people so they'll they cook for an extra 30 plus their group and then we have bunk houses that have um bunk beds in them 10 in one and 10 in another that fits 20 and then people will line up from wall to wall with sleeping bags in a huge a classroom and just wow. do whatever they got to do so they'll come do vbs they'll cook they'll clean they'll do laundry they'll pull a lot of weeds <laughs> that's wow. a ministry all by itself yes. is weeds um they'll paint and then they'll build so here's an amazing thing god is doing the original single family ranch style house that has been housing 16 kids for all these years which it's served well and it is worn out um, we had an anonymous donor give us $70,000 about a week ago, and we knew that God was saying it's time to build a yes. new house for these babies. Wow. 
And so that's what we're going to do. And so part of what, as we're raising awareness is we're getting a whole bunch of people that are coming on as the Naomi house tribe. So that as soon as God says, go, we can just send out an email and say, we need people that know how to put on a roof. We need people that know how to paint. We need people that know how to dig a hole, you know, whatever it is that we need. And then people just show up. It really is amazing it's front row seats to miracles constantly um we uh, one of our house parents um uh dishwasher died and somebody came off of literally drove off of i-40 and said do you guys need a dishwasher it like just stuff like that it's like go ahead god take care of it because we just have to show up and get out of bed and god does it and you know linda was so faith i mean she was almost just crazy faith right and she didn't worry about how anything was going to work out. She just trusted God. Mm-hmm. And when I first got there, she mm-hmm. handed me the ministry checkbook and she said, uh, pay every bill in full when it comes. Mm-hmm. And I have been doing that ever since Amen. it just is there. And God takes care of in amazing ways. And so the Navajo nation president and his wife are born again, Christians, by the way, I mean, just wow, for that's real interesting Christians. Yes. And they fully support uh, Naomi House and endorse uh, Naomi House. So they've come to visit you? A couple times, yes. And his wife has invited me to minister at a women's conference in New Mexico next month and to really just kind of undergird us and help us to, you know, just fanning the flames of what God is doing. And the Navajo people are very blessed to have um, their president be a Christian and just a wonderful president. Yeah. And so as we're raising awareness, that's kind of what we're doing is we're just saying, you know, we don't have um, anything on the schedule to do per se yet, but we're gathering the tribe of people together so that when it's time to build in South Dakota, when it's time to build in Arizona, there's already going to be a network of people that say we're in of what God is doing with First Nation people. Yes, and children. Beautiful. Now, I know the children learn about the Bible. As you said, you have VBS during the summertime, and then you have devotions throughout the week. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, how do children celebrate, or how do you celebrate the major holidays with the children? So Christmas is huge. Um, we It's a big, big to do at our house right so imagine your two kids with their gifts right yeah (laughs) so people send gifts you know we have quite a few churches that are already doing that pretty much every year um but we always are having to send out names ages sizes names ages sizes and we always need shoes we always need coats we always need backpacks we always need um easter outfits you know um and christmas gifts and um so people will just email you know about november give me your size list because we're about to go shopping for christmas Mm -hmm. you know and people will get their gifts and then they'll send one to naomi house you know Mm -hmm. so we have lots of opening presents around our house now i know your website uh mentioned that you have future plans in building another naomi house in south dakota too Mm-hmm. So you have different locations that you are. So, well, like as I at? mentioned, uh, the land in South Dakota, it's in Pine Ridge. And if people are okay. familiar with Rapid City area, that's that's the area where Pine Ridge is on that side okay. of the state. 
Um, so we definitely are wanting to build there. I know that we have to raise awareness. And so as I was saying about the Navajo uh, Nation president, um, we have a producer that is going to make a video, a professional video for us finally. Mm -hmm. So we're going to South Dakota next month actually for some aerial footage, some filming and some interviews with the tribe, as well as the governor of South Dakota, who is a Christian, who is going to um, be um, uh, interviewed for our awareness video. Mm -hmm. Really, we it's a campaign, mm -hmm. you know, and so we're telling the story and we're also saying here's what we need for South Dakota. Here's what we need for Arizona. And if God pulls on your heartstrings about it, you know, pray, you know, be in prayer for, for the whole thing. And then let us know, like, um, we want to help. You wouldn't even believe how many people are so stirred up for the Lakota people in South Dakota. You wouldn't even believe it. I mean, there are people that are just waiting for us to do something because they're ready to go. And in fact, we have this 90 year old, um, architect who feels that it's his call in life to build a house in South Dakota before he passes away. And for me, I've been telling God, I don't know if I want to do that for 10 years because I know the reality of it. I know the darkness of it. It's my own. That's where I came from. Um, but he'll, he'll call me and he'll be like, mm -hmm. what's God saying? Is it time? You know? And for me, I feel like I've done everything I can do. Um, I don't know what else I could possibly do. I don't feel like I'm not doing everything that he's given me to do, but I know that this video is going to really, it's going to help tell the story. It's going to help get people involved. Yes. Now, what type of information are you spreading in, um, when you, do this campaign, this awareness initiative. The the fact of what's what we had started off the interview with the <laughs> facts. Okay. You know, here's what's really going on in all of these reservations. You know, we might not be able to change. You know everything but we the kids definitely there's an emergency that needs to take place for the well-being and safety of kids. Mm -hmm. That's just something that is there. Um, but it's going to take a real move of God himself. And I always liken it to um, Elijah on the Mount of on Mount Carmel <laughs> when he was, you know, dealing with all of the false gods and the false um, mm -hmm. prophets of the day. And it's going to take something like that, a people of God that know their God enough to be able to say, you call on your God and I'll call on mine. Mm -hmm. And the one that answers with fire is going to win. Exactly. And God is raising up. People that know God and will do great exploits. And it's going to take something powerful uh, like that to see, get to the root of the issue. It's the spiritual battle. Right. Now, I know you're going to have this campaign and you're going to spread awareness. What can the people do to help support? Okay. So first of all, the, go to the website, okay. right? Uh, www.thenaomihouse.org. T-H-E, and then Naomi is um, Native American Outreach Ministries Incorporated. That's acronym. So www.thenaomihouse.org um, that you can give through PayPal there. You can get the sizes um, of the clothing needs on that front page. We always have the top five needs on the front page of that website as well. So you get a lot of information and you can sign up um, for our mailing list on that front page and become just a part of the Naomi house tribe. Like just mm -hmm. get um, us 
your email so that we can send you periodic updates. Um, and also I can email you our video that can't be shown on social media, but I can email it to you. You can show it at your church. You can show it at your home group. You can show it with your family. You can show it with anybody that you think would be interested uh, in Native American children uh, today. Um, and then, of course, you can always email me, Genevieve at the Naomi House dot org, uh, G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E at the Naomi House dot org. Um, and that would be amazing to just let us know that you hear us and that you are, you know, prayer, praying for us. I mean, that that is encouraging. Or if they want to, uh, let's say, create a mission group absolutely they could go to the neobi house yep. and email me um, have a mission trip there. have a mission trip absolutely um if you want to host a gathering of any kind whether that's in your living room with your home group or at your sunday morning service at your church um you know we are wanting to raise awareness so we're traveling this year we're doing whatever um god is opening up to really get it into people's hearts that's great. No, I know my um, our mission group, um, and this is with Pastor um, David Coda. Uh-huh. Um, I do some wish, mission work with him and a group of pastors and Christian leaders. What type of work would um, the Naomi House, um, let's say, have people need? do? Yes. So that's going to be different depending on the week. So even during the the exact summer when people are coming, we often don't know exactly what they're going to do until like a week before they come. It will almost always include um, some sort of cooking and cleaning, but we really are hoping to um, break ground um, 2020-ish. And, um, and, and hammer nails 2021. Um, so depending on if there's skilled labor that will, we wouldn't know that until right up to the date, but we can always use skilled labor, but then painting and unskilled labor and weeds. <laughs> weeds. <laughs> Make sure to take some gloves, right? <laughs> it ain't glamorous, but it is so needed, but no, hey. none, no missions is glamorous. Exactly. Right? And exactly. then it truly is when you give, man, you get something out of that. It's so true. It's so true. It, and we have to look past, past the, you know, just grabbing the weed and pulling it. Yeah. But oh. we're doing it for God's glory, yeah. you know, and these and kids. not because, oh gosh, you know, I'm pulling a weed. Yo, right? Oh no. It's I mean, you'll feel, that. you'll know that. that you've, you've given to a bigger cause. Right. That's for sure. Right. That's yeah. amazing. Now, Genevieve, is there something that we haven't mentioned that is very important for you to share with our listeners today? Oh gosh. I hope not that, that I'm not thinking of. Um, but I think that's the main that's the main stuff, you know, here's where, where we're coming from. Here's what we're doing now. And here's what we're about to do. Um, and I think the main thing is we really, and I know I've said this, but we really want to raise awareness. Mm -hmm. So don't hear it and then just forget about Mm -hmm. it. Like send an email, um, exactly. You, you know, um, their, their phone numbers on the website, call me, you know, whatever that you want to do so that it doesn't just kind of get dismissed. Yeah. Or maybe you have a friend or a family member that you're like, you know, this might not be my cup of tea, but I know somebody that I think they would want that video. Right. Pass it on. Pass to it on. Like give me your else. email so that I can send you the video and then send it to everyone in your email contact list that you mm-hmm. think would care, you know, and especially, um, churches and pastors and, you know, people that 
that want to help out ministries missions right or right? community members that community members um, we've in... gone to churches and just talked to mission boards like right. we're open to any kind of communication for sure amen yeah now i'm curious to find out how did the naomi house get its name um, so it's an acronym, uh, Native okay. American Outreach Ministries Incorporated. Okay. And also in South Dakota, um, just to give you like where we're at, we have land, but we also are incorporated in South Dakota and we have a board. So we are ready to move when God provides the resources and the people. And so mm-hmm. it's going to take a very special type of people that are called to spearhead in mm-hmm. South Dakota. And so how does the Naomi House find and accept the Native American children? Um, through, the Nat- uh, through the Navajo tribe. And okay. so we're so they inform you. With them. Uh-huh. They inform you and then they ask you yep. if you're able to take them in. Exactly. So they'll okay. call us, they'll email us, they'll text us, you know, okay. and they'll be like, we have um, three siblings or we have, like I said, that four month old baby um, that I think that mom was drinking in the car and was pulled over and ran and left the baby in the car. And so they needed somebody to keep a four month old. And so it's always through the tribe, the tribal social services um, who brings the kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Now I know you used this Psalm, Psalm 68, five, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widow, a God in his holy dwelling, God sets the lonely in families. Mm. He leads out the prisoners with singing. And I read that in your mission statement. How does this scripture relate to the Native American children at the Naomi house? Well, God is a father to mm-hmm. all of them. And mm-hmm. he, as a good father, takes really good care of us um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, which is what a father is you know and so when you have a whole generation that is basically fatherless and unfortunately motherless at times that's a whole nother level of um the down and out the outcast you know Mm -hmm. and pure and undefiled religion is this right that you take care of the widows and the orphans and we don't call them orphans um we definitely call it a children's home and not an orphanage Mm -hmm. but for the most part it's they're taken out of a dangerous situation and god has just set them down into a family and Mm -hmm. uh he's the boss god is in control and jesus is the center of of Naomi House of it is Christ centered and faith based and so he he's he gets all the glory, Amen. And so, um, can you share a recent testimony about a child who, let's say, returned to his or her biological family? Well, pretty much all of the kids that have returned to their families. Um, the tribe requests that we don't still interact with the child after they leave. And so it's going to be several years before they turn back around and reunite with us. Um, but we've had many kids that have aged out and gone on to do pretty cool things. We have, um, Joey is a girl that, um, ended up getting married. She lives in Cottonwood and, um, she's just, a really well-rounded, wonderful young lady. And actually her little sister, Lucy was raised in Naomi house and then turned around and now she's on staff with us. Now that's cool because she can relate to the, in fact, she was five when I met her 
And now she's um, full time on staff. And honestly, she could run the place. I mean, she's amazing. She is the biggest asset really um because it is probably because she lived there but she's just you know Mm -hmm. she can just you know we anything we need she's there like ahead of time and it's like she's and she's young i mean what a blessing she's not even 21 but she knows how to serve and she knows how to uh, be an aunt you know to all these kids and how to love these children so that would be a good uh, testimony is Lucy. She's amazing. Right. She really is. Wow. Now, how do you keep grounded in, in the word and, you know, on a daily basis? Because I know you confront, you have to confront a lot of challenges throughout the day. How do you start your day to just be grounded in God's word and in him? Yeah. So I'm fully aware of my need to be spiritually uh, built up or I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like because of the difficult uh, life that I'm, you know, kind of in entrenched in is what keeps me at the feet mm-hmm. of Jesus. I mm-hmm. am a prayer. I pray. I'm very much um, in the word a lot. And so I also minister a lot. And honestly, mm-hmm. that instead of that draining me, that definitely empowers me. Mm-hmm. It keeps me focused. It keeps me energized. It mm-hmm. keeps me in the word. It keeps me rooted to the source. Mm-hmm. Um, and so honestly, I feel like the pouring out mm-hmm. is what keeps me grounded. Amen. That's beautiful. That is. Yeah. It's the poor. It is because it we're I'm forced to be in prayer and in the word and the word it's alive and it's powerful and it's exactly. sharp and I love so the true. word. I love it. And, um, and so really being, being the pouring out is what keeps right. us plugged in. Amen. Thank you so much, Genevieve, for just coming today and sharing your testimony and sharing about what God's doing at the uh, Naomi house in Joseph City, Arizona. I know God led you to this. So you are just, it's, it, God is just laying everything out. Yeah. And um, I am so happy that he's doing this for you. Um, may he continue to bless you, your family, bless all the children there in the Native America, mm-hmm. uh, at the Naomi house, mm-hmm. and continue to just send you what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to ask, uh, would you end in prayer for whatever the Holy Spirit is, um, just um, telling you to pray for? Amen. Father God, again, we just thank you. We praise you for these moments together. I thank you, Lord, for the airwaves and all the people that will just hear the heart of God over this ministry. Lord, the ears that are listening, God, maybe somebody needs that that encouragement to keep praying for their kids, to keep praying for their sons and daughters, that there is a power in prayer. And I know that that intercession of a mom is powerful. And Lord, maybe somebody is just interested in Native American ministry, Lord, I pray that you would lay it on their heart to follow through and reach out, to follow through and um, help spread awareness and spread the the word of what God is doing in um, Arizona and wants to do in South Dakota. But Lord, I just plead the blood of Jesus, Lord, over every listener, God, that you would pierce their hearts with exactly what it is that they need to hear, Lord. I know that you still deliver, you still set free, you still heal, 
you're alive and you are well. Maybe somebody needed to be encouraged in their faith that God still is sitting on the throne, that he can still move mountains and work miracles, that he is the way maker and the miracle worker. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to connect with so many listeners. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would have its perfect way in um, this time together, God, and to orchestrate um, our futures and moving forward. And I just give you all the praise for that. I give you all of the glory. We give you all of the honor. Have your way in our nation. Have your way with the First Nations people. Have your way with the children in this generation. Have your way in the body of Christ. Lord, wake up the church. Help us to be alive. Help us to know who we serve. Help us, Lord, those that have been desensitized and lulled to, to sleep. Lord, wake up the body of Christ. Lord, to be the voice in the earth today, God. And I give you the praise for these things, God. I give you all the glory. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Faith City Outreach has run out of time, but we will return next week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. at Eastern Time. Faith City Outreach will return next week with another special guest from the Lord. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. We have run out of time, but Faith City Outreach can be heard again on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. This radio program is sponsored by King Jesus Christ Ministries in Phoenix, Arizona. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.